Okay, good morning everyone. Thanks for joining. So I'll introduce the, uh, the, the shear with a story I just heard from Reb Shlomo Werdiger. He was speaking at a conference in England. He said the following story. He said that when he, uh, when, when Blackstone, I don't know what Blackstone Group is, the largest alternative asset, uh, REIT or whatever they call themselves, security. So they, they took a significant stake in his business. He sells sportswear. He does the jerseys for the NFL, NBA. Anybody know? He's been here. He was here when the Viking, when the Super Bowl was here. He was here for Shabbos. Not here. He was downtown. But he said that everything went through, and the night before closing, his CFO was from Erlich Yid, knocked on his door at two in the morning, and he said the deal's off. He said why? He said it's a mekach tais. The whole thing's a mekach tais. It's not. Uh, we're not being honest. Why is that? He says when when when, when you're being bought out. So anyone who knows financials, it's all about EBITDA, multiple of EBITDA. You, you purchase a business based on expected income, future income. Five times EBITDA, 10 times EBITDA, real estate could be 20 times EBITDA, 20 times earnings. In real estate, it's usually a cap rate and NOI, but EBITDA, it's, it's the earnings before interest, taxes, and what's the A? EBITDA. I forgot. What? EBITDA. EBITDA. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and what's the A? I don't know. EBITDA. Anyways, so why? Why? Because he said that for, for decades we've been giving tzedakah. The company has been giving tzedakah. And how can we tack? And, and, and Blackstone told us that we have to give tzedakah from personal funds. We, can't, we can no longer give from our company. Uh, the company can't write out checks. And he said that we don't know if it's successful. How, how do we know that it's going to the multiple is, is, uh, is correct? So he said he called Steve Schwartzman, who's the CEO of Blackstone, or he did, grew up in Philly. And um, they, no, they told him, they told him uh, this. So he said they're the, they the only company in the whole entire Blackstone fund that is allowed to give charity as part of the, uh, part of the agreement. So they give, the company gives charity and it continues to be successful. So mm-hmm. it's really based on the Tysus. The Tysus and Tainus, Aftes. It describes how someone used to give Meiser, Meiser Xophim, and then he told his kids, make sure you give Meiser Xophim, give 10% of, of the field to Aniyim, to poor people. And when his children, the first year or two, they did, and afterwards they stopped, and the, the field no longer produced. It produced 10% of what it used to produce. And Tyson says that the family members were happy that they saw the Yad Hashem. They said, up until now, you were the Balabayas. Hashem let you be in charge of this field, and he gave 10% to the Kayying, 10% to God. And now you flipped around. Now you're Aniyim. Right, now you're the Aniyim, and Hashem is the Balabayas. So this is brought down from earlier sources, this, uh, this concept of tzedakah, of giving, of giving my success. And we'll, we'll discuss some of the sources as well as I go through some of the questions that uh, I figure people w- would want to ask. Nobody asked me any questions. Uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein, if you look in his chuvas, when he discusses ribis, there's, no, there's not much of a discussion regarding lending people uh, on interest. There's a few, a few uh, essays on it. In the Dibris Moshe, which is his commentary on the Gemara, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of discussion on ribis. So I heard from Rabbi Yosef Kushner, said in the name of his father-in-law, of Shlomo Miller-Shlita from Toronto, that Moshe said that nobody asked him any questions. Nobody ever asked him on Hilchus Ribis, but he had what to say. So he wrote it in his commentary on Bav Metziah, and that's where you find a lot of Rav Moshe's uh, insights on Hilchus Ribis. And he was saying how today, Baruch Hashem, people are asking questions that they never asked before, Ribis and Tzedakah, so just encouraging those to... Uh, unfortunately, it's not as many questions as, as you get as, you know, as far as Kashrus and Trader Joe's and 
and the like, but these are things that come up, especially the ribbis might not be negated to everyone, perhaps depending on the, what business you're in, how you finance your home, and other things. But tzedakah, everyone should, uh, these are questions that everyone should be thinking about. So looking forward to more questions. Going on that, yes. if somebody does like these guys do and gives Meister on the company, does <coughs> on the person when this is it's a good question. Again? So, yes, are the people getting schools? What? Yes, are the people getting schools? Only the guy who's making decisions for everyone else. It's a good question. Both. Huh. So I would say yes. That, that that would be considered a a um a cash event, so to say. We'll, we'll see this as we go through this year. So that money was taken, was was used as meiser. That was money they could have taken for themselves. They gave that as meiser. So that would equal uh, that would equal other whatever earnings that they would have. Say the company made a million dollars, gave it hundred thousand dollars meiser. Now the partners get take a, I don't know, it's four partners they take a. So that would be as if they took a distribution and they gave it to meiser. So they don't have to now, take two hundred fifty thousand. If whatever the, if the math is correct, yes. Oh, whatever they gave meiser on the earnings and yeah. they distributed it. So you have to know. I'm saying there are, there are reasons why they would do it as far as tax. You have to just probably add back. Any benefit they got from it, I'm assuming they didn't yet. Okay, let's go through some questions. Feel free to chime in with your own questions. Let's go through some common questions. One question is regarding Yerusha, inheritance. Let's say someone inherits, uh, someone dies in the family, and they get a $100,000 check in the mail. Halacha is you have to give Meister in it. Even if they gave Meister in their life, it's an it's a explicit pischei tshuva. So let's say grandma dies after 120 years, and you get your check, your $100,000 check, you have to give $10,000 to Meister at that point. That's the halacha. It could be even a matana, even a gift. There's a question regarding a present. Let's say someone gives you a menorah, a silver menorah. So many of the earlier sources indicate that a person would have to give Meister from that. However, Rav Chaim Kanievsky in his name, Rav Chaim Kanievsky wrote Svarim, as like a mishabura on Rambam and Hilchas Ran, which is a, it's an encyclopedia work. If you want to know Reb Chaim's chashivas, you can ignore all the, all the dumb stories and all the silly things that people quote from him. You look at the Svarim, it's, it's unbelievable. What he wrote in, in, in Hilchas Ran, it, in, it would take other people 500 Svarim to write what he wrote. In, it's called Derech Emunah. Derech Emunah. Reb Chaim Kanievs, Derech Emunah. It's like a mishabura. It looks like a mishabura. I have a picture of one of the, one of the one of these Mayamakamas it has. It, I have one at home. But uh, anyways, in that, he brings down, yeah, it looks like this. There's a Rambam on Zram. In, in Parag, I think it's Parag Zion and Parag Tess and Parag Yod, it talks about tzedakah. Um, so over there, he says that a gift, one would not need to uh, give Meister on a physical gift. But let's say you got cash, Hanukkah present, grandma gives you $100, you have to give Meister on that. He says even if grandma gives you $100 for your a specific item, go buy presents for your kids, you'd have to give Meister on that. Barajman thought maybe one could be Makel in that case, but Chaim Chayevsky said, yeah, you would have to give Meister on that because you got cash. You got cash, even though they told you what to spend it on, technically you don't have to spend it on that. So it comes up, someone's supporting children in Kailo, or in medical school, there's no difference, right? right? If you're supporting your children, halacha is you could use Meister money if they don't have the means to support themselves, and you're supporting your older children, younger children, it's not so simple to use Meister money, a person's obligated uh, based on the ksuba, if they are your wife's children, then based on the ksuba, you have to make sure the children have what to be, uh, even when they get older. 
halachically, let's say your wife, the wife, there's no wife in the picture, one would have to support his young children once they get a little older, let's say eight, nine years old, maybe today probably 25, but eight, nine years old in, in the times of the Gemara, then they already could go on their own and go work and work on the farm. But if you're married, your wife's children are part of the ksuba, and a man is obligated to do that. And whenever you're obligated to do something, we'll see this as we continue this year, the aside is if you're obligated in it, you cannot use or money to support that. A common example is matanas levyonim. Yeah, purim. So chiyiv to give matanas, to give uh, two gifts, two, uh, two food items, levyonim to poor people. How much is it? Two dollars. But you can't use maaser money for those two dollars. You can use maaser money for the surplus. You want to give twenty-five dollars. But whatever, whatever the rabbi tells you to you to give for matanis levyonim, you can't use maaser money for that because you're obligated to do that. That's a halacha. That's how we pass in the shochanor. You're obligated to give matanis levyonim. You can't use maaser money to fulfill an obligation. So the same thing would apply here. If you're obligated to support your children, so then you cannot use tzedakah money, uh, maaser money for that. It's still considered tzedakah. But it's not, you can't use or money for that. So what was our case? Our case was you have, what did we talk about before? Yerusha. Yerusha, no. Then, yeah. you, then you don't calculate your miser until after you've taken what you need to, to do your obligation. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. So if, if, it's, if, it's, uh, if you're obligated to do it, so then you would not um, you would not be able to use it. Okay. So let's say, going back to that. So if, if, so if older children you're not obligated to support, out of the goodness of your heart, you were supporting an older child who was in medical school or who was in Kailo, law school, whatever it is. So when, you, when you're giving him money, that could be used as maaser money. So you're taking maaser, you're giving it to him. If you pay for the, the dira, you pay for the apartment straight, you write out the check to uh, Mr. Baldira, then there's, there's no cash event for the child. But if you give the child $5,000 a month, I don't know how much support is these days, five, dollars $6,000 a month goes up every year, Intra, uh, the, the, what do you call it, inflation. So... If they get cash, halachah, they would have to give maaser. So it's much better to do Now, the problem is, very often, the parents are, are they're, they're squeezing themselves to give, and if you give maaser, you end up causing them to give you more. Because let's say you need $5,000, that's your budget. Your monthly budget is $5,000, $3,000, whatever it is, wherever you live. You live in this basement, whatever it is. So if you give $300 to maaser, you only have $2,700. If your budget is $3,000, and then you're going to go back to, to Papa and say, I need $300. I need $3,300 now, right? I just need a little more. Cause... So in that case, uh, let's say... $1,000 is given as a tzedakah to a child. Yes. So let's say you have a child in Kailo or whatever. Now, by the way, if, if a child's in Kailo, you could use more money for Meister than if he's in medical school. In medical school, the only reason you're allowed to give him is because he's an Ani. He doesn't have income. So you give him as he's an Ani. Now, an Ani, there's, there's a level how much we are expected to support Aniyim. They should have basic needs. So when it comes to Hachzok HaSatayra, when it comes to supporting your Rav, you can't tell him he has the basic needs. There's a, there's anything. He should, he should live, doesn't have to live with wealth. But uh, what, what society considers normal, all that is considered tzedakah when it comes to Hachzok HaSatayra. So let's say it's normal to go out to eat once a month. Let's say it's normal to have air conditioning. But I, I'm, 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 I'm kidding, but the, the examples are, are more specific Then it is still considered my, you could use your maaser money to support uh, Tamar Chacham, even beyond what an Ani would need. Hachzaka Satara is there's more flexibility. That's Allah. You should be, support him um, with, with, with uh, respect, with dignity. Shouldn't have to uh, 
feel like a poor person. He's accustomed to only wear that's a, that's a different that's a different question of Demach's. No, that's Demach's sorry. It's a whole different topic. That's an excellent question. So it comes up. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Just remind me. I want, I want to talk about Demach's sorry as well. So let's go back to our case. So if $5,000. So $5,000. If he gives 500 to Tzedakah right away, if his budget was five, right. Again, that's back to my question. So the trick is that you're bu- you should always live below your means. To live on, then right, so the best thing is to live when below. You, when do you say, oh, he's got miser money available to be able to do it? If he's in economy. But let's just think about it on, 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 a, on a gross perspective. So the best thing, the best answer is that they should be trained at a younger age to live below their means and give my some money and figure out. If you only had 45, you'd figure it out. So with 5,000, you figure it out. You tutor, you figure it out. You only have 45, you don't have five because you're giving maizer. And that's the way many Rabbanim would recommend. First of all, it's great out tzchinuch. You, you, you are mechanech them to live below their means. You mechanech them to give maizer, to give tzedakah. Even when they, if they're giving you when they get $5,000, when they make a million dollars, they're also going to give maizer, right? You hope. So it's a, it's a good idea. But if it's not, neg- if it's not practical, what, what the Rabbi Chaim Konevsky writes is that a person should just keep a ledger. They should write down that this, they got all this money and uh, they, uh, they, they, owe, they owe this money to Meiser at a later time. Uh, later time means... <laughs> yeah, well, that's another, that's another option. He start making money? Yeah, he starts making money. He'll, he'll pay back, yeah. yeah. Alternatively, you go with the price let's say they're giving Meiser for a specific thing. They're giving the money for rent, for car. So it's as if they gave it to the the car leasing company or, or the or the landlord. It would be a lot better for they give it directly. Right. If they give it directly. There's no shiloh. That's that's what people should do. Then. Yeah, but they want their kids to learn how to budget and learn how to pay a bill. Yeah. Is it the same question with a scholarship? What would be the question in that case? A person saved money. No, if you receive a scholarship. And you're actually getting cash to use as spending money? Yes, you'd have to give my on that. Yeah. But I'm saying they give it to you in theory. For you have to return it. Okay, so it's still a gift. Even an ani has to give meister, right? Now, what you pointed out is very important. Then we get to your, your question. We get to Sorry. So there's a, there's a tshuva in the, in the, in the, in the tashbats, and many people use this. It's an excellent way to learn how to give meister, how to separate meister, and still be practical with everything. So if you have a separate meister account, and just come, many people in Bar Park and Lakewood, they have a, the banks know that they have separate, there's a separate charity account. I recommend everybody to do this. You have a separate Meister account. So let's say you earned $10,000 this month. Right away, you separate $1,000, okay? Now, at the end of the month, if you can't make ends meet, the halacha is in priorities of tzedakah, you come first. You're first on the, on the pecking order. So let's say I have $300 left in my Meister account. I gave $700 to shuls and schools and charities. I still have $300 left, and I need to pay the cleaning lady or whatever it is. So I could take the Meister money back to my account because I need to use it for my own this month I'm not covering the, the, the bills. So, in effect, I, I separated my sir, and there are many rayas, many proofs in halacha that that itself is a keem of the mitzvah. You separated my sir. I need it back, I need it back. But, but first of all, you train yourself to always separate right away. And hopefully the bracha kicks in right away. You don't, you, you don't need it at the end of the month or the next month, but it gives you an option where, where a person can still use it but he trains himself to keep, to constantly separate it, then he makes a cheshman at the end of the month. Do I need it? And he can take it back. So you, you, you're probably, according to the and many other places, you're fulfilling the mitzvah of separating, I'm calling it a mitzvah, we didn't even get it to the sources, but assuming that you fulfill the minog, the, the shrug minog we have to separate meiser on your income, 10% of your income, and you've also helped yourself. 
but now I need it, so now, now I could use it. So that's a very good option to use, and if someone uh, finds himself in that situation, it's the be- it's the, I think it's the best way to do it, because now you're separating it. Any income that comes in, you separate, and you, if you end of the month. Yeah, taxes gets, gets complicated, so it depends. If someone's a W-2 employee, and assuming he filled out the paper accurately, and he knows what he's doing, so all the money you get in, you're, you're not going to be paying tax on that. It's already taken, all, taken, taken off, so it's very simple. So let's say it was a $10,000 a month employee, and now he makes 70, whatever the, the tax rate is, $7,800 a month. So he knows that I just have to give $780 as tzedakah, as miser. But let's say a person is a 1099, or you have your own business. It'll get complicated when you separate taxes. So halachically, anything that was, is taxed, so we hold, is not considered income. It's an expense you have to pay in order to make money in America. You have to pay taxes. What? Anywhere, not just in America. Right, right, right. I'm saying for us, right? So you have to pay taxes. So that's part of the expense of, of doing business. So it's like your overhead cost. So that's not considered income. It's income after taxes. So what do you do in that case? Either you have, a, have another separate account where you, which you should do, every CPA will tell you, have a separate account where you put away taxes that you're going to owe at the end of the year. So put it away right away. So that's very simple. You put that away, then you take my surf on whatever's remaining. Alternatively, for many people, and I'll discuss this in a few minutes, you would just do a cheshman at the end of the year. After you pay your tax bill, just look back into your MISER account, how much did you give, and you probably could, you could send, send some money back to your main account. Make sure you're not spending, you're not you know, uh, eating all the cash, but you would be able to, uh, to um, reconciliate that fund. Yeah. So going back to what you said before, with the, you, know, you have the MISER account, then you have a shortfall, then unless you take... Do, does anybody say you should do like what Chaim Kanievsky said? Make a legend. Oh, I took. The miser owes me money. No, 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 no. Did you had you know you like said get a shortfall three hundred dollars? No, you're 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 doing it. You're giving it to yourself. So you don't have to. Pay no, you don't. It back to, no, no, you don't have to. But the 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 ledger comes out by let's say businesses or ten thirty one exchanges. If we have time, we can talk about that. That's when a ledger would make more sense because you don't have cash. You're not using the money at all. You're, it's going to the next deal. We didn't actually take a distribution, so there you would do a ledger. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, your question was, Dei Machsare. The Gemara Suba says that, that uh, Hillel would, would, uh, would uh, get a horse and, and ride in front of the Ani, because the Pasuk says, Dei Machsare, his lack, Asher whatever he's lacking, uh, we have to give him tzedakah. So it's a, it's a big topic in, in the Rishonim. What does that mean? So just quickly. Halach HaLamaisa, we paskin, that whatever, whatever society considers normal for people, that's, that's considered tzedakah. So you could say, what, what does he need air conditioning for? Get like six fans and ice chips and, and, and you don't need air conditioning. But if we consider, and society considers air conditioning normal for this community, for whatever community this fellow lives in, so that's part, he, he, could, he could say, I'm taking tzedakah. Let's say it's an extra $300 a month for air conditioning. He's allowed to go to the community fund and if they're giving tzedakah, and they should, so he can say, I, I need this, this is what I need for my life. I would assume a car is like that in today's world. You don't, you don't need a Range Rover, you don't need a brand new car, but a car, a car that works, a functioning car, would also be considered a It gets complicated when you have wealthier people who, who, who went down in, in status, so in wealth status. Um, as we spoke about in the, in the Shabbos morning shirim, you are who you are. You don't, you're not the, don't define yourself by how much money you have in the bank. The, the, um, the halacha is, many places can point out, that's only if a person was born into wealth. The person himself went out of his way, so he, he didn't have any money growing up. 
He worked hard, self-made, millionaire. Now, he himself decided to live a luxurious life. So in that case, he shouldn't have done that. But, and, and therefore, we are not obligated, even something, but you're not obligated to now go sponsor his, uh, Maserati. his Maserati, his extravagant lifestyle. However, if a person grew up like that, so for them, it's fascinating in psychology, but that's the halacha. For them, we would say that that's the only thing they know. Which, by the way, when you raise your kids, just realize that that's what they know. That's how halacha is going to dictate that that sorry, his lack, his his lack in life. So when you spoil your kid, just careful about this. His lack in life is going to be a real tzarech. That's a real tzarech, and you're pulling him away from it. And therefore, in that case, you would have to give him over time. Bezdin should try to encourage him to to not need these things anymore, but that, that's the halacha. And um, again, now he doesn't have the same priority as someone who doesn't have any money, someone who doesn't have any food, but technically that is considered, you can use some money to support him. And it's like a family who's uh, very humble and not by themselves, nothing but uh, chivalry ever. And even though they have $20 million in a bank account, then this person who's raised in this family He's, he's raised in uh, you know, average uh, Right, so, 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 so he doesn't need this fancy duck. If you, if you look in the Gemara there, the Gemara says they had some type of bird he wanted. But well, that guy, that he did. He brought it for him. Hashem sent the right. woman. And here they see. Right. <laughs> right. The Pasa Eini Chalach Spirit, right? But eat, uh, the wine. Only he only wanted wine. aged wine, right. So, so, so if, if someone takes a Miser money back because he's so short, then he needs to no, no, because he was an Oni. In that case, he was an Oni, and he comes first. Same way your family comes before your community, and your community comes before a different community, so you come first. In, pe- in the pecking order of tzedakah, you, co- you come first, so you could take your miser money and give it to yourself. No, no. You're supporting yourself, and you don't need to pay them back. No, 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 Oh, you have to give fifty dollars. Does Nani have to give my son stock tickets? At that point, you already gave my son money. I, I would assume no. No, but the question is, if, if a, if a good question, person, but, but no. If a poor person receives money, that does he need to take my for that money? If if he yeah, and then pay himself. <laughs> so do the same thing. So keep keep doing it. <laughs> How many times do you want to do this? Forget about for himself. Somebody actually gets my gets tzedakah from the shul. Yes, he should, he, he, should he should give. He should give. First, he should give some tzedakah, a little bit every year to, to be able to yell to the mitzvah tzedakah. He should separate meiser and then give himself because he needs it. Obviously, then why is he taking it if he doesn't need it? Yes. In that case, uh, when they By Hillel. sent him, right? He actually did. She send to tzedakah, or she sent it to him? To him. She sent it to him, and then and he gave it to her. He went beyond the law. He gave it to that guy who just. On his head, right there. Okay, that's it. Yeah. He went beyond. The... Could be, could be. Okay. For learning uh, ksubas, we'd have to go through that. That's that so good. Okay. Now it, it comes up when it, when people discuss this. It, it comes up certain people. Let's say camp or other things that that people. To, so you need to separate the master after all your bills are taken care of, right? Which bills? In the oh, business. That would be the question. In the business or in life? Okay. So one you second. For your house, you paid for your utilities. You paid for your food, right? Okay, so we'll, insurances. I'll get to you in a second. Let me just finish this door and I'll get back to you. So, just since we mentioned Dei Machsara, you have to give the Ani what, what he needs, what he grew up. So, I'll mention two points. Number one, the Gemara Ksuba says that a woman, when you, marry, when you marry a woman, she only go, elevates in life. She doesn't go down. That means that if you marry a wealthy girl, or a girl that comes from a wealthy home, so the husband of Piyahalacha has to support her. And in the Ksuba, that contract that you sign, they don't know what it means. In that ksuba, you are you are being meshuba to support her lifestyle. 
she grew up going to uh, Cancun every winter and to Florida and everywhere, everywhere else she goes. You're, that, that's what you're agreeing to when it comes to a woman. That's how she grew up, because that's the psychology. It's not tzedakah necessarily, but the point is that, that that's what she needs. The ksuba basically is, her palm used to tell us Hamidim, a ksuba is you, you, you give your wife what she needs. Whatever she needs, you take care of her. So the needs are different than wants. For her, it's a need. For other people, it's a want. Okay. Uh, the other point of the is that many times people just don't understand this halacha. They, they see people giving money to tzedakah for, for different reasons. You're giving them money for, to have um, alcohol by the kiddush. Well, they don't need alcohol by the kiddush, right? And you're, you're, whatever it is, giving, the kids go to camp, people, people say certain things, and just realize halacha does spell it out very clearly. If it's this is what people in society consider a need to make a kiddush when they have a, when they have a girl, to send the kids to camp, to, to have air conditioning, to have cars, to have normal clothing. Why do we say by a woman that just like uh, she's got to now start eating rice because he's a Sephardi, that she has to come under his domain in terms of what it's he... The Gemara, the Gemara says this. What, nope. he, what he was... That's how Lachem and Hagem, even that is not so simple. Like she chose to marry this guy who is not at that level. He, he it, said... It he, should be that she... He signed the contract. He said, he said, I will support you. What in the case of Rabbi Akiva? Excuse me. She could be Michael. She can be my chal. No problem. She can be my chal. But I'm just saying, it's his. Woman doesn't really have anything to say in this, so that's all man's thing. Correct. Correct. So if, you look at the, if you want to look, there's a, in the Rabbah Menuchas Ishes, he, he discusses the obligations a man has for his wife and the obligations a woman has for the husband. You would think it's the same, right? <laughs> they got nothing to do with each other. Two separate categories of obligations has nothing to do with each other. Man has to be there emotionally support his wife. Doesn't say a woman is supposed to emotionally support her husband. By the way, man up, right? Don't 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 cry to your wife. If look at the Rama, that's what it says. She, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> no, you are supposed to be the rock in her life, and 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 in today's society, it's it's messed up, and people wonder why they have issues. You're not supposed to, even when it comes to financial things, to, to scare your wife. You're not doing your job. You're supposed to be everything's okay, everything's good. You're the rock in the house, and that's it. Cry to your rub, cry to your uh, your friends. Don't cry to your wife. Your wife is supposed to feel that everything is taken care of. Her husband's taking care of her. If you look in the uh, in the uh, time of Devarah discusses this, that that that's that's the lachta bedracha of the way Hakadosh Baruch Hu acts with the way we we experience Hashem acting with us with the Yud Gimel We are supposed to. To relate to other people, yeah, and the easiest way to do is nothing. Um, me, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> smile, smile, be positive. That's what you're supposed to be. Oh, look, look at the Rambam. That's what he says. Okay. Next, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, business expenses. So, when it comes to business expenses, the Aruch Hashulchan says clearly that is not considered that that is not considered income. Now, if a person has a business and you use your business credit cards for business business expenses. So anything that's being spent on is not considered income. So you could deduct everything afterwards. Let's say you have a car wash and you spend money on the equipment, staffing, everything else, and you finally take a take a dividend or, or even the salary. So anything that was spent that's not considered income, you only take money, you only, you only have to take money on what you spent, of, of what you took in as income. What gets complicated is when people have uh, have they toilet paper home, with a, uh, home. correct. Let's say a person goes to Florida on a trip, okay? And then there's an Amazon e-commerce show. My friend uh, Joe Wall is running a show. There's an e-commerce show, I think, the next couple of days in Miami. And he's there on the trip. So now he builds his company, uh, Bob's... Uh, for his vacation. For his vacation. Now, he's the owner of the company. 
from a Geneva standpoint, the only issue here is the IRS. But as far as there's no actual Geneva, as far as the IRS goes, speak to your CPA and your Rav because he, he it could be a shame. Yeah, no, he went to the show, but the show his company should pay for him for three days, not for two weeks, and his wife and kids. Wife and kids. Many put, people have car. I go to a trade show. I take my wife with me. That's that's normal because she's there for you. Whatever it is, right. fine. I'm talking about whatever the whole trip. I'm not, I'm not saying they're they're bad people. I'm just saying this is what people do. So you have questions which we're not discussing now. Chayshemish, but as far as are you are you are you stealing money from the government? So to say because that is really income, and you should be paying tax on it. Let's not talk about that question right now. Not for now. Different different share. But as far as tzedakah, you have to give meister on that. Instead of you taking $10,000 as a dividend and then going to spend $10,000 on this trip, or you'll spend five because really the business should have paid for five, so figure out how much it should have cost the business for me to go on a trip like this, and how much extra did I use for my wife and kids, for my car, for all the things I didn't need for this business trip that you have to use as nice money. And I'm telling you, this is one of the reasons why people are not giving enough tzedakah, because you have people who are in very large businesses, and they put a lot of things on their business accounts, their trips, their, their pay side. They go to a pay side program, they put the whole thing on the, because they're networking at, which is true, they are networking at the event, but they, their cars, their houses, a lot of things under LLC names, and they're good people. And whenever they take money, whenever they take cash, they give 10%, they're giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to Tzedakah, but they're jipping Tzedakah on millions of dollars because if they are, their extravagant lifestyle is being supported by their business, then they are taking a dividend, they're taking income, Technically, they're taking income from the business, and they have to get master in it. And it's, uh, there are a few, I, I just got this Messiah from my rabbi, there are a few different things that people do when they have large businesses. We're not judging them. They're great people, and they give tzedakah. But two things. Number one, they're not giving enough tzedakah, and, 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 and the moisters and the are hurting because of it. Additionally, very often you see that their businesses don't do so well at the end. And people ask, what do you mean? The Torah says... That a person's going to get wealthy. The, the Torah says you're going to get bracha from it. And my Messiah is from Reisman, in the name of Rafam and Raf Kreisworth, both uh, Zatzal, that they, they said that people, the people are not cheshvening correctly. One of the reasons because of this, this is number one, where you're taking business expenses. So if it's real business expense, the Rosh says meals, whatever you need, even a suit, whatever you need that you need for your business, that's fine. But all the other things, your car, your house, your trips, that got nothing to do with the business, you have to give meiser on that. That could be, for some people, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Number two is, is um, refinancing. When you refinance your own personal home, that's simply a loan from the bank. It's recourse debt. If you don't pay back, they're gonna come after your car, your boat, your wife's car and boat, your family members. It's recourse debt. Let's say someone bought a property. They bought, a, they bought a small multifamily building for a million dollars. They put $200,000 down, and it is recourse debt. Let's say it's 80% is lent by the bank. Now they fixed it up, they raised rents, it's worth $2 million. They go to a bank, they get non-recourse debt for 75%. So now they're in for 1.5 million on the debt, but they just did a cash, they just took out $300,000. Now let's say they pay themselves back for the $100,000 of the, of the, of the, um, the turn. Yeah, so they take their $200,000 back. Take this cash, now some people go, take it and they spend it, and then they have problems in a recession. Let's say they took $200,000 and they bought another property. And they could go on their entire life, never paying taxes, which I don't care, never paying taxes because it's a loan, but 
they just, they're making millions of dollars or they, they increase their wealth by a large amount of money and they never gave money to tzedakah, zero, because there was a refinance. So my mahalach is, if it's recourse debt, then it's simply a loan. It's a loan. When you say recourse, what is it? means you are personally responsible. Versus, let's say, I don't know if you, if you read the news, let's say you read the news, you see that today a lot of office buildings or even multifamily apartment buildings, the debt is not, uh, is, the, the, the income is not covering the debt, and people are literally giving the keys back to the, to the bank. They're still partying and <laughs> they didn't lose a penny. I mean, obviously the business is not where it used to be. Some of the banks are realizing this, they're saying, one second, we gave, we lent a billion dollars to this uh, fund, for 20 years, they were making $5 million a year on this. After all this, when push comes to shove, they just give us the keys back. And now we're stuck with this bad asset. So banks are not lending as aggressively as they used to. It's much harder to get a loan. Today, today 60% loan to value is like two years ago, 80%. They're not giving 80% anymore of the property. So anyways, if it's recourse debt, it's just a loan. The same way the bank lends me money based on my credit score and based on my assets, so now I have more assets, so they're giving me a, bit, a better loan. That's I still owe the bank the money. That's not income then. That's, that's no that's no one holds. That's, that's not income. Correct. That's not income. You took a loan. Same way if I borrow money from the bank, I don't have to give it to But if it's non-recourse debt, that means the, the the bank is basically saying, You're, "We don't care about you. We care about the business. Yeah, the business itself will pay us back over the course of time." <laughs> this is what I heard from Rabbi Reisman, Rabbi Kreisworth. That's what happens in the nursing home industry where you're constantly refinancing on non-recourse debt and you end up never giving money to Tzedakah. You're taking back the money. You're using it as cash. Many people are spending it. Hopefully they invest it and they build you're their business. How you actually, my story, invest, always investing it back. There's no money on your own. How so you I would say it like this. If it's a fund, if it's, let's say it's a fund or a business runs like, like that, where, where that's the goal of the business. So you could say that's part of the business. The business is private equity group six, whatever they want to call themselves. And we buy multifamily apartment buildings, and we and, and we don't pull any money out of the business. Okay, so in that case, one can make a very strong argument that the same way in the grocery store, you 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 sell a bottle of milk, you bought a milk for a dollar, sell it for six dollars, and now you have to give nicer every every time you do a sale. You say no, the money has to constantly be in the business. We have to hire staff, we have to hire, get bigger refrigerators. Right, but once you take it out, there's a cash event. You would have to, so I would say like this, if you're treating it like a cash event, because it's not, it's not a recourse debt, look, I, I built, I, I, I took, took the money, you'll see what comes up later, maybe you'll invest it, maybe you'll do this, maybe you'll do that. There's a cash event, you definitely have to give my cert. It's almost like wealth tax, you have no money taken out exactly. it's still in the business. I don't make any money. But if the cash is on money, I didn't, I don't. Right. It, it, there was no cash event, basically, yeah. as far as taking a dividend. So that's one, one example. Another example would be a, t a 1031 exchange. Oh, just by the way, with non-recourse debt, if you're an LP, I don't know if anyone here invests in syndications, that means let's say Chaim Shmiel, Chaim Shmiel found a good deal, and he says, okay, everyone give me $25,000, and oh, you guys should do your due diligence, obviously, even $25,000, but he'll give you, uh, you're, you're going to get equity in this, in this deal, and we'll give you um, distributions. Two years later, interest rates go down, he refinances. So every LP, your limited partner, you get, it's as if you got cash. You don't have to pay back anything. You're a limited partner. There's zero liability on your end. He could ask you for money back. You're a limited partner. Whatever you gave, that's your only way of, the only thing you could lose is the initial investment. You gave $25,000, it could turn to pot and, and, and everything could break loose and you could lose all your money. So be careful when you invest. 
But as far as recourse, there's zero recourse. I'm not liable for anything, criminal activity, zero. I'm a limited partner. So when they refinance, they say, oh, the equity that you gave is now it's 2x. Originally, they give me back $25,000, plus I still have equity. That $25,000 is cash. I'm getting $25,000. My sir is expecting $2,500 because it's not a loan to you. The general partner, you could say, okay, maybe there's a loan to him. He, has, he, he signed on it. But that would be the, um, the, the example. Another example is 1031 exchange where you bought a property and now you're selling it at a gain. So instead of invoking the capital gains tax, you don't want to pay the capital gains, you decide we're going to roll it over into the next property. There's a way to do it. You need a qualified intermediary. You should know many times we see in real estate that people lose money by doing this because you're forced to buy property within a few months and sometimes you don't if you days. what 45 days. you have to find something in 90 days you have to identify 90 days you have 180 days to close in it if, uh, but but Lamaisa, very uh, if you know what you're doing you know what you're doing but just don't don't be so uh, don't be so excited so in that case there is no cash event theoretically and there is no cash you're, you're leaving into the next deal so if you're a limited partner I would say you're chayv and meiser. They're letting you roll it into the next deal. You're chayv and meiser. Additionally, one could argue and say, what do you mean? You, did, you, fit, you sold the building. The building is done. You, you sold this building. This building was called the prime, whatever you want to call the building. The prime is gone. That business is over. You want to invest in a new business? So that, that, that's a new business. And if, if, you, if, you guys are, if you're a single deal type of shop, you're chayv and meiser. Now, you can't. Give my sir because there's no money. You're rolling into the next deal. So in that case, we'd invoke what we said from Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Write it on the ledger how much what the profit was. Because sometimes the next deal you're gonna lose money. <laughs> Write down how much the profit was, and that's what you owe my sir. If you don't have cash, don't give it. He's invested the profit also in the correct. I would argue that if it's a fund, so they don't view each property as its own business. It's a fund. We are Blackstone Group. Where we are, whatever it is, there are many smaller shops that are funds. And when they, when they take money from investors, they're not taking investments on one specific building. You're investing in the fund. Fund one, fund two, fund three. In the fund, there's multiple holdings. So the fund never did a cash out. You could say that's the business of buying and selling properties. It's like buying and selling milk. I would say the same thing with the stock market as well. Even though with taxes in the stock market, when we sell a stock, they'll hit you with a realized gain. If someone has a hedge fund or someone has managing their own hedge fund on Robinhood, you could say, there's no real cash event. This is my fund. I'm, I keep uh, flipping stocks. When I pull out cash, that's when I'll give, give my sir. I think that's a mahalach. If someone goes with that, that would be a mahalach. Okay, there's a lot more to discuss. I don't want to keep, uh, keep you hostage here. Okay, thank you. So I'm happy to stick around if anyone has any specific questions, but uh, we'll, we'll stop here.